Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Not many dairy producers know that when a young calf gets pneumonia, her lungs are marked for life. What this means for her growth as a heifer and performance as a dairy cow is open to question, but finding the answer quickly can make a difference between profit and loss. Dr. Sam Berenger provides technical assistance to Diamond V ruminant teams and plays a key role as part of the company's food safety initiatives. He specializes in calf health management epidemiology, evidence-based population medicine, uh, disease outbreak investigation, and vaccinology. Dr. Berenger earned his DVM from the University of California, so he must be a surfer. Dr. Berenger has also enjoyed a distinguished 30-year career in the U.S. Air Force and U.S. Army, having been deployed to 25 different countries and earning numerous medals and awards for exemplary performance in combat. Welcome, Dr. Berenger. Good to be here, John. <laughs> now, Dr. Berenger, you described the lung as a rate-limiting organ in, uh, well, dairy calves, but what happens to the lung? What types of rate-limiting effects specifically? Yeah, again, this, is, uh, this idea plays on this idea of uh, amino acid formation in making a protein. And so I've kind of stolen that idea and said, listen, if we uh, impact the lung early on in life, even though the dogma in the past was you're scarred for life, and, and we asked that question deliberately to be provocative, but in fact, new data says that when an organ such as the lung is damaged early in life, if it's identified early and we treat them, they return to normal and we can track that progress using lung ultrasound to the point where we can see that lung return to normal if, in fact, we haven't so severely damaged the lung that it's not compatible with life. And so as we try to look at the production cycle of our calf, whether we're trying to take it to a milk cow or we're trying to make a T-bone out of it, um, we have to do whatever we can to protect that lung in the first year of life. If we don't protect that lung, the impact on growth or potential production of milk in its later life is severely impeded. You know, I've listened to presentations over the years that talk about this concept and and without fail, they talk about this evolutionary idea that cattle have evolved to have an incompatible lung, so they don't survive well, when in fact that's not the case. Cattle have the lung that they need for the environment that we put them in, but men put them, humans put them, in artificial settings that challenge that. So if we're going to put them in these artificial settings, then it's our responsibility to come up with those mitigating strategies so that we help that lung do what it was intended to do. 
And um, sometimes as we put them in intensive settings or if we put them in barns with poor ventilation or we have poor sanitation, we ask that lung to do something that it was never intended or evolved to do. And as uh, people that are responsible for these incredible animals, we have to think about that. And we have to make and be very intentional at developing systems that are responsible for protecting lung health. Hmm. Calves can recover from pneumonia and, and appear healthy, but how can we assess the organ damage and know whether it'll affect the growth rate or you know, cause other health effects? You know, that's a great question, John. The same presentations that I listened to, and I probably gave a few of them in my career because it was done out of uh, not total understanding, is um, that uh, the size and capacity of the bovine lung, they, they just said it wasn't good enough. But here's the issue. Once a lung is damaged, it is not scarred for life, and we have to wrap our arms around that. And so then when we, how do we identify just how much scarring is involved there? And we can't guess at it. We have too much technology. So as an example, my son's a, a emergency room doctor. So if you get in a car accident and you go to an emergency room and, you're, and you can't talk, um, mm -hmm. the first thing they'll do is they'll take an ultrasound probe and they will ultrasound essentially your whole body. So with a very quick, non-invasive visual image, you will be able to see what's happening in that situation. And again, as you look at what we do in cattle, we can apply that same technology, check the lung and say, what exactly is going on in the lung? How significantly scarred is it? And can we develop strategies based on really fidelity of information that can help us make that calf better. Been there. Really? After, after a motorcycle accident, yeah, the first thing they did, put me right through that the, the donut hole. Yeah. Right there, and did the scan of my whole body. Yeah. yeah. So when they scanned your brain, did they, did, what what they find? Well, they, they actually put another one in there. They oh, had did a they? spare okay. one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they, I said, just give me the brain of someone who's read a book once. Yeah, right. I, I bet fun. you if you went on Jeopardy, you'd do really well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's one of my kids know enough not to call during Jeopardy. Yeah. I won't answer the phone. Yeah, me either. I just, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Do we have any Trivial Pursuit games around? You know, let's do it. Let's, do it. let's bail on this one and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> trivial Pursuit on the radio. That, that'd be entertaining. That could be fun. So is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. So the, the calf lung scoring by ultrasound, as we were just talking about, can be useful in predicting future performance of the dairy animal, obviously. But how do we optimize use of this technology? Yeah, so again, as, as, as we've grown up with the ultrasound machine and we've learned things about it, we've used that to do pregnancy exams for 20, 25 years in the cattle industry and certainly in the, in the sheep and uh, uh, swine side. And so now we just take that same technology, the same piece of equipment that veterinarians routinely have on their truck, and we move the probe to the lung. And we look at that lung and say, based on what I'm seeing on this screen, this has occurred and we have this challenge. And so uh, how you use that data is deeply individual. Some of the things that I use that data for is if I have 100 heifers and um, I have the capacity to only keep 50, I can look at those lung scores and say these 50 have lung 
damage that's going to require a lot of energy to correct for them to mm. return to normal and their likelihood to be as productive as the animals that didn't have the lesion is lower so i'm going to play a i'm going to play a, a risk game i'm going to i'm going to bet on two tens and um, hope that my 20 beats what's what's out there okay so heifer selection so uh, if we're treating animals are we using the right therapeutic intervention and if we've treated them and they haven't gotten better but they still have a damaged lung then we're not using the right combination or we're getting them late back to a predator prey interaction we're not detecting them because we're not um, interacting mm. with that animal correctly so that we can use that to say how are we doing and how are our people doing you know the most dangerous pathogen on any dairy is is multicellular and pan resistant and so we always think that it's some sort of bacteria but the most dangerous pathogen as i say is multicellular and pan resistant and it's the human being okay they we have multiple cells and we don't listen to anything and so if we understand that dynamic, we can use fidelity of information to look at um, this human interaction and try to correct it. And then the last thing I might dis use it for is if I have to um, perform some sort of treatment or surgical intervention, and I'm trying to decide what kind of candidate it is, just like when they try to decide if you're a good surgical candidate um, in human beings, if there are underlying factors that may decide whether you're really a good surgical candidate or not. How do you get to fidelity of information? So what we're doing is putting evidence behind our medical decisions, so back to evidence-based medicine. Ultrasound gives us a higher capacity to make evidence-based medicine decisions. You can read density of bones in ultrasound? So very difficult to read density of bones, but you can read soft tissue um, changes. Gotcha. Yep. How, how does feeding for optimum immune health influence the health and performance of the calf? Yeah, too often we perceive this as an either-or question and say, you know, we have to um, uh, feed for performance or we have to feed for health, when in fact, if we understand the dynamic, that we have to feed for both of those uh, uh, issues. So somebody may design a ration that says, I can get you to, to gain at three pounds a day, but that three pounds of day is too hot of a ration and that animal then gets sick. So how do we get to that point where we have optimal health and optimal performance? Well, we have to recognize that that immune system has to be fed at a level that will keep the animal from ever getting sick. If that animal gets sick, whatever our desired parameter was, whatever that goal was, cannot be met. So we have to look at things that we're putting into the ration to specifically make the rumen organisms more efficient, but also go after that innate immune system to say, what can we do to protect the immune system? And it's so important to take that technology, put it into a ration, and then allow those genes to upregulate. You know, one of the most interesting ideas in, in uh, veterinary medicine of the last 10 years is this idea that you could feed something that would cause a gene to upregulate. So as an example, you know, uh, people that get in the sun will get freckles, right? So sunlight causes the gene for freckles to upregulate. What if things that we put in our diet caused the genes for the immune system to upregulate? So that's the science behind it. So we can feed those substances that allow the, the the, ge the genetics for the immune system to upregulate. 
and that's that's um, that's emerging technology, and it's a it's a game changer for us that allows us to take us to the idea to eliminate the need for antibiotics. Not eliminate antibiotics, mm-hmm. but to eliminate the need. And that basic principle is what should drive us into um, cattle, swine, poultry health into into the next challenges of feeding a burgeoning population. Yeah, so I, I think the drive-through restaurant is what ruined us. Yeah. It's too easy. Yeah. Now, a dairy cow is larger than a racehorse. However, its lung capacity and function is much less, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so many factors to consider when trying to improve a dairy herd. This looks to be a great tool we can uh, utilize to help minimize putting a subpar animal into the milking stream. I'd like to welcome our listeners to come back next week to find out what's on tap. Nutra Blends Animal Ag Podcasts.